don't expect the supernatural intellect. Me just like the other kids lived a world of Welcome to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name's Jason Barnard. And uh, yeah, welcome today. We've got the uh, huge privilege of having Dave Lambert here from uh, Fire and Straubs. Welcome, Dave. Hello there. You're all right. Pleasure uh, speaking to you. And I want to kind of cover the last 50 years uh, from Fire and bring us right up to date with Straubs. Um, first of all, kind of if we are looking back in terms of the span of uh, 50 years of Straubs, the, the first part of Straubs, you were actually, you, you weren't in the band, you were in the, you know, the, the marvellous kind of uh, band Fire, which you, you led, and um, particularly notable for the uh, killer track Father's Name Is Dad. That's right, yeah, the single, that was uh, recorded in 67 and released early 68. Am I right that you were on Apple Publishing at the time? Yes, we already recorded the single with Decca, with um, Tony Clark as producer, and um, I can't remember exactly how they heard it, but um, a couple of the representatives of uh, Apple Music came down to one of our shows and uh, spoke to me briefly and asked me to come up to the offices on the Monday, which I did, and they, they offered me a publishing deal with, with Apple. Mm. Subsequently, uh, Father's Name is Dad was released on Apple Publishing, yeah, with, mm. with the full power of the company behind it, thankfully. And there's that story of uh, Paul McCartney wanting you guys. To, uh, was it was it a new mix or a new recording in terms of Father's Name Is Dad? Well, it, it was both. Um, he'd heard it 
because in those days the singles used to be released mm. on the Friday. Consequently, you would nearly always get some radio play around that time for your single. And um, over the weekend, I think it was a Saturday morning, Apple called me up and told me that Paul had heard the track and loved it, particularly the riffs, but um, he thought the the strength of the track wasn't being sort of uh, brought out the way it should be. So he offered some ideas on remixing and we uh, overdubbed a second. I put a harmony part and a double part on the guitar and then uh, did a new vocal on it, and, uh, new, new vocal harmonies. So there are actually two versions out there at the moment, the first one and the second one. And it's a great double-sided single because there seems to be a theme across uh, Father's Name is Dad and Trickle Toffee World in terms of um, capturing the teen years. Is that is that right in terms of a, a, a link? That's precisely what it was, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, Father's Name is Dad was simply a statement of uh, we're the same as anybody else. You know, it's just that we're a new generation, that's yeah. all. Yeah. Spare a Copper was the intended follow-up. It was, yeah. Yeah, we recorded that to master uh, with Tony Clark. and uh, But Decca sort of were very, very strange with their um, choice of singles. They used to have a, a meeting once a week mm. where they'd play all the, all the material that was available for single release. And uh, they'd decide by company uh, what was released and what wasn't. And... Spare a couple just wasn't uh, accepted.
then you regrouped the the band and, and got a deal with Pi for the the Magic Shoemaker. Yeah, we we um our original manager actually had uh, formed a recording company called Hooray Music, and uh, he offered us a deal to uh, which included uh, an album. So as I'd written a few of the tracks already, uh, uh, we went with it. I finished off writing the, the bits and pieces and uh, we ran in, in record that. That was in 69. Mm. We recorded that in the winter of 69. Yeah. And that had been a story that you, you'd been working on in, in that period? Yeah. Yeah. For, uh, for quite a little while then. Mm. I mean, it was a, it was never intended to be a, a particularly, you know, people call it a concept album. It's not really. It's just a fairy tale album mm. with a very sort of, lightweight kind of story which is what I wanted but with some fairly heavy music many years ago this was hundreds of years ago hundreds of years there was an old shoemaker called Mark 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 a very strange thing happened one day when he was making some shoes he just finished a pair of shoes and they began to talk to him that's right they talked to him what did they say I don't know <laughs> They said, if you put me on, I can, I can make you fly. Seven days and nights a week he's working. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the old shoe shop where rats are lurking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's honest and he's kind, but he only has in mind. Keep his wife and kids in bread and dripping Oh yeah, oh yeah He turns and looks upon the shoes he's making
ran to tell his wife about these magic shoes that he was very excited about. And he asked his wife why, why such a thing should be given to him. Why should he have magic shoes and nobody else has them? She, she replied, there's a, there's a reason for everything. In this period, I've read that you were, you'd started linking up with uh, Dave Cousins, and I've picked a track to play, um, See How They Run. Oh, yeah. Is that one of the demos that you've been working up with uh, with Dave? Yes, it was, yeah. I, can, I can't actually recall the track at the moment. I know, I know the one you're talking about, but I can't actually bring it into my head. But, yeah, we, were, we wrote and recorded uh, demos of quite a few songs in that, at that time. And uh, then we started doing shows together. We were both on stage at the same time, but we weren't playing at the same time, except for the last song, which we did together. But uh, we were alternating songs, handing each other a... I wouldn't know which song Dave chose to play first, and I would have to follow with something that was in context, one of my songs that was in context uh, with the one he'd played. It was quite a challenge. It was good fun, actually. Kept you on your toes. That was the sort of folk clubs around that time, was it? Yeah, folk clubs and uh, colleges, yeah. Mm. See my friend searching for someone They've no time to spend And Dave invited you into the band, and you embarked. That was quite a period to to join Strobs because that kind of 
that the band hit a real commercial peak there, you know, with tracks like Lay Down. Yeah, that's right. It just happened that it fitted in perfectly with when I joined, yeah. I, it was pretty much all set up, really, because the band was already on the up mm. and uh, uh, had been starting to sell records. But then I, um, I came in and uh, we recorded uh, Lay Down, which was a, uh, a hit straight away. Still one. 
followed that up with part of the union. And that was um, Richard Hudson and John Ford, which had a real commercial commercial edge. And that I think that was Straub's biggest hit. Yes, it, it did, yes. And I was sort of reluctant to have it released as the follow-up single. I was quite happy to have it released, but I would have preferred for it to have maybe been a third release instead of the second one after the hit. Mm. Because... Uh, I just felt, and it's proved to be true, that it would um, lead people in, to identify us in the wrong way. And of course it did with people who'd, who weren't aware of what we were doing. They thought well, that's what we did, was um, part of the Union type of music. You know, mm. If we'd have had another single between those two, I think it would have established us first as what we were really doing, and then just given a bit of a light relief single for the third single. Amazed at what I am I say what I think That the company stinks Yes, I'm a union man When we meet in the local hall I'll be voting with them all With a hell of a shout It's out, brothers, out And the rise of the factories fall Oh, you don't get me The company spies And I don't get fooled by the factory rules Cause I always read between the lines And I always get my way If I strike for higher pay When I show my card to the Scotland Yard And this is what I say Oh Did that lead to the kind of again the reconfiguration of the band away from? Was it Richard and John left left after that? Am I right? 
Yeah, they they left to form Hudson Ford and Blue Weaver eventually with the Bee Gees. Mm. Uh, and Dave and I got together and decided on... We, we actually put a band together for a specific purpose, and that was uh, for uh, arena, American arena shows. We needed a band that was capable of doing uh, these big arenas that everybody was doing in those days, and that's how we sort of decided on who was coming into the band. The sound of albums like Hero and Heroin seemed perfect for that, that North American market at the time, including like, you know, hard, yeah. songs that are a bit harder like yours, like Just Love. Yeah, they, um, we did actually, again, just time it absolutely right, and Hero and Heroin, it just struck a chord with the North American market. I think it had a little bit to do with the Vietnam uh, vets that were coming back. I mean, we've met a lot of them over the years at the time as well, but since then, people still come up to us and guys tell me that, uh, you know, the, the album got them through the war. I don't understand what that means, to be honest. I can't possibly understand mm. what it means, but they assure me that, that that was the case. And the other side of it was kind of a love mm. story type thing, which appealed to just about everybody, I think. <laughs>
And again, you know, very rapidly following that up with the album Ghosts, um, I've I've picked a, a, a particularly ambitious uh, song, yeah. uh, The Life Auction, which I think works really well. And again, uh, very successful in the American market. That's right, yeah. That was inspired by Dave going to a, an auction of a, an old lady's possessions that uh, after she died uh, being sold off, and it just inspired him with that. And I, I wrote the uh, the riffs, which were pretty much inspired by the fact that we were touring constantly with King Crimson in those days, and I was being influenced very much by what I was hearing there.
you know, soon after No Madness that seemed to have had a, more of a stri- stripped back sound. I think John John Harkin had left by then. Yeah, John had gone, and we didn't. Uh, we decided not to have a permanent keyboard player straight away. So we brought various people in for different tracks. You know, there were a lot of guest players. Uh, Rick Wakeman came back in and did some stuff. There are a lot, a lot of guest players. It worked, I think it worked quite well in places, actually. But as you say, it was stripped back, so maybe people weren't quite ready for uh, mm. for the the change that we we brought about there. I've chosen Little Sleepy, which I think is one of yours, a bit more of a rocker. That's right, it is a rocker, yeah. Yeah, that was the single in some places, actually. Mm-hmm. Little Sleepy, yeah. I've got something I must say All about a new experience That came to me today Well, I don't want your sudden changes I don't need your New York Zoo But I want some understanding Cause I think I'm gonna
And then as we go into the, the late 70s, we've got the kind of arrival of punk and, and many of the bands that were associated with the previous generation. Yeah. You know, had a harder time with record labels, etc. And, it, you know, led to the, the group that kind of um, dissolving. Yeah, I think it probably had a lot to do with it. Yeah, the fact that we weren't able to successfully carry on doing what we genuinely wanted to do and trying to feel our way around and find another way of doing it and whereas we really should have just stuck with yeah the way we did things you know and and not not paid any attention to the rest of the market but by i think the the late 70s you there's a pair of tracks i want to feature from your uh, solo record framed oh yeah yeah two two different sides of the coin really this kind of the more ballad Remember Me Always to start yeah. off with, which is a, a lovely song. That's probably my favourite of the album, actually, that one, yeah. Mm. Did you write from a personal perspective in that, or was it, were you just kind of... Take, very, yeah. that, no, that's very personal, that one, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that, that relates to a, a, a particular person. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It seems like years to me since we were lovers, and in the night, do you still call my name? You gave me truth.
then we've got the kind of more rock orientated White Knight, which I think has got uh, John Entwistle of The Who on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, John Woodson played on quite a few of the tracks, actually. Yeah. Mm. White Knight, that was lyrically, it was, it was more a, a joint effort between me and uh, Spencer Proffer, who produced the album. I, can't, I mean, we used to meet around his house in uh, Beverly Hills mm. every evening and work for a, two or three hours just throwing ideas backwards and forwards. Uh, in fact, he used a very interesting technique, which I've, mm. I've never tried since, but it worked quite well, And that, which was he just used to get me talking about things that I'd, I'd been doing. And uh, then we'd start taking some notes down mm. and uh, he'd ask me a few questions about this and that, developing it into a lyric. It was quite an interesting way of working, actually.
And then after that, you kind of left the business for, I don't know, was it about 15 years and became a ski instructor? Yeah, that's right. I was uh, I was trained as a, a, a ski instructor in Austria, in the Austrian ski school, mm. and had a thoroughly enjoyable, well, it was um, 12 years, I think. Mm. I did that mm. for, yeah. I carried on playing, of course, but yeah. uh, I was mainly ski instructing, yeah. And then kind of by the late 90s, there was this kind of the regrouping of, of Straubs as all the sort of baggage around, you know, music styles kind of fell away, really. That's right, yeah. You know, had a big following. And I want to play um, a song, Acoustic Straubs, um, Inside Your Hell Tonight, which is, is lovely. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'm really, really proud of that lyric, actually. Mm. Uh, each verse is a different subject. It deals with a different subject. It's just one of those things that I believe with, uh, it ju- it's just about karma, really. Mm. You know, things, what goes around comes around. Mm. And with the uh, strings arranged by Robert Kirby, that that's also adds a sort of special element to the track. Yeah. And of course, now, since Robert's died, it's, uh, it's mm. even more poignant than every time I hear anything that Robert did with us. Yeah. So oh. 
So they'll burn inside the hell tonight Knowing their world's shaming mankind Dead bird in a green field, still and peaceful. The body lay. I don't need to witness something to confirm all my deepest fears, but I climb. And I stop the hell arriving So I'll live inside my head tonight Knowing I was only gloating And as we get kind of more up to date, there's... Um a few of your tracks that re- really resonate. Um, there's uh, a live version that I want to play of uh, Cold Steel, which All right. I, th- I understand is uh, you know a, a big favourite uh, live these days. Yes, it is. It's always in the acoustic set. Yeah, mm. yeah. We did do it a couple of times with the electric band, but it's more the it belongs more to the acoustic band these days. Yeah. And is that is that Dave Cousins I can hear on uh, banjo? On banjo, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's Dave. Yeah.
As we get to the the, the, the latest albums, um, there's one of your tracks on there, the Ten Commandments. A bit yeah. more of a blues feel on that one. It is, yeah, yeah. That was the idea. It was because uh, that's where my roots are. Really, is sort of a blues and uh, early rock. And um, yeah, again, I'm very proud of that. Yeah, very pleased. We're, we're playing it right now, actually, in, in the show. Brilliant. Tonight we'll be using it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're coming to, to towards the end of uh, some some shows to to mark the the 50th anniversary of Strobes here in the UK, and I think um, we're going to try and get this out in time before the uh, the show in London, which I think is on the uh, Monday, the 26th of November. Yeah. And uh, you're going to um, back back to North America, the the US in in the spring. Uh, yeah, we are. Before that, we do the um, we've done the Moody Blues cruise for the last five years. Mm. And uh, we're doing that again in February, I think. And then we head back mm. to North America in uh, April. Yeah. Yeah. 
and obviously we've talked about kind of a, a chronological s- selection of uh, tracks uh, from you know from yourself, Fire and Strobes. Is there is there any is there any particular song in particular that we haven't covered that that um, would be nice to close in in terms of anything we haven't mentioned? Uh, one of the fav- one of the people's favourites of mine is the um, Winter and the Summer from Bursting at the Seams. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. It's, it's one I wrote way way back probably in 1970 something like that uh and it was recorded on a person of the themes uh but it was the first song you know i'm sure it was it was the first song i wrote for my who for the the lady who's now my wife um Mm. so it obviously it's it's always got a resonance that's brilliant thank you so much for your time uh dave Uh, so much uh uh, to to cover today and uh you know it's a pleasure and I, I do love, as, as well as Strauss, I do love the work in, in of your work in Fire as well, which is, uh, you know, so lovely to talk to you. Oh, great. Thank you very much. All right, take care. Thank you. And right, you, cheers. thank you Bye. very much. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Strange Brew Podcast. If you do like the show, please consider supporting me on Patreon. Patrons get access to unedited interviews as they're done, news, plus even access to my exclusive interview archive. All your support goes into keeping the show running and moving forward and getting amazing guests. To support me, just go to patreon.com forward slash strangebrewpod or go to thestrangebrew.co.uk forward slash about. Thanks very much, and any reviews on your podcasting services are greatly appreciated. Thank you.